Hey listeners, welcome back to another episode of the Weekly Call, the unscripted, unedited weekly conversation between Austin, John, and Amber. Thanks so much for being here with us today. Let's get started. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of the Weekly Call. Uh, this is a special guest interview. Uh, our first female interviewee we have on the podcast, which... Let's go! Wait, <laughs> yes, which, by the way, guys, long overdue for this because uh, we definitely need to get more females on the podcast, more females with some kick-ass mindsets. So today, we have the pleasure of welcoming... Trisha Drizwicki to the podcast, who is John Morgan III's partner, girlfriend. And this is the first time that Amir and I have been given evidence that she exists. So welcome to the podcast, Trisha. Thank you. Thanks for having me on today. uh, Yeah. And like, ah, I just got so many questions. There's so many questions because I've met John. Well, I've only ever met John in this little square zoom media call that you're seeing me through. Right. Mm-hmm. And I've probably have like hundreds of hours of logged podcast time with him. And I feel like I know yeah. him so well at this point and he's spoken about you so much. And obviously we have listeners messaging us about John's lifestyle and what kind of, how disciplined he is and his habits. And, you know, he's not on social media. He uses his form for like five minutes a day. He's very, very successful in what he does. And he's just very at the course is very disciplined is the same thing every day. I just want to know, like on the surface, before we get into too much detail, like what's it like dating John Morgan, the third, um, just saying that like just <laughs> puts a smile on my face, obviously, because it's, uh, some days it's just like dating anybody else that just right. that person who you have, who it's like great. And then some days my boyfriend sitting outside in minus five degrees meditating and that's the normal in our household. Oh so, my God. Yeah. But also oh, I had I to say like, like regardless of the jokes, like it, it's nice to date someone who's similar minded and for um, sure. Yeah. So clearly, clearly you have to be like, fairly similar in terms of uh morals and and values and the 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 ways that you're disciplined together like when he's up at 6 a.m for a cold shower every morning or reading like what are you doing are you doing that with him are you uh like how much of his habits that he's spoken spoken about before like up early uh working out early uh working a lot during the day but also reading a lot like how many of those habits would you say that you exhibit as well um, the waking up early, my wake up time is six thirty, so I guess nice. I get the extra thirty minutes of rest <laughs> that he doesn't. Um, okay. when I I'm also very routined in my morning, so when I wake up I have the same thing to eat every morning and I go to bed and I look forward to eating it. It's just like a simple Wait, what do you what do you I need to yeah, what start is to my day? Um I start off my day with like um oatmeal so I make my own oatmeal nice. and I put like a little bit of sugar in it I, I put half an apple and then I put a lot of peanut butter in it and it's just a dessert first thing in the morning to me. it just <laughs> nice. makes like, like I that. look forward to that start of my there day I'm sure John talks about how he looks forward to his start of the day like yeah, reading yeah. and having his coffee and then meditating yeah <laughs> 
though. Yeah, it's uh, it's honestly like I'm. It's honestly just surreal to have you here and talk to you about this because I got so many other questions for you. Like, can you just tell us what your like your your interests are? Like, like your hobbies, interests. You're a nursing student. I know that, but like, we'll get into that in a sec. But what mm-hmm. what do you like doing kind of in your spare time, right? If you um, have any. Yeah, I am definitely. Um, like I value my fitness a lot. Like um, if I if I could, I would go to the gym every day. But obviously, it's not the case sometimes being a student because that does limit me in some circumstances. Like I had a practicum today from – I was up from 5.30 in the morning and I just got home 3 o'clock. So I just had enough time to sit down. Oh, wow. And this podcast and well, then thanks I for joining us. Yeah, Jeez. no problem. Okay. And then I have an exam to study and just being in nursing school, we have, I had like four quizzes on a weekly basis. So, yeah. so That's crazy. Um, yeah, but definitely the fitness aspect to it and everything that goes along with it. Like I, I like to cook. Okay, cool. As well. And um, since becoming a vegetarian, you have, I have to be more creative in the kitchen with what sure. I eat because it's not as simple as tossing um chicken to whatever meal and that's flavorful as it is for sure um, yeah look oh, look hold on hold on i, I just gotta ask okay yes <laughs> so there's a lot of men who listen to this podcast who yes. uh, are also extremely entrepreneurial yes and what advice would you give them as well as me to kind of finding somebody who shares the same values as you because obviously they're not hanging out at the club yes <laughs> So, uh, where are you? Story about John and <laughs> where I are you? <laughs> yeah, where did you guys meet? Yeah, tell us. Where, where okay. are they? Did he ever share the story? I don't think this so. This is exclusive. Okay. The weekly <laughs> call only. Yeah, you heard no, it here first. first. This will definitely represent our relationship, I think, uh, the first time we met. Um, he was employing friends of my roommate, and he was having a start, like a so he was like celebrating the return to business. It was like January something, okay, January fourth yeah. or fifth, and they were going out to a club in Kelowna. And I decided to tag along. It was my first year in university, so I didn't really know anybody. So I tagged. So along. John Morgan has, in fact, been in a club. This I will. Confirmed. I will get. To, okay. It is confirmed, okay. but I will get to what happened at okay. the club. Okay. Okay. So we get to the club and, um, Amir, they did meet at a club. You're doing things right. Okay. (laughs) I want to hear this. We met through a mutual, mutual connection. I was, but we did, yeah, hit it off at the club. But in this way, John and I did not enjoy being at the club. So we ended up leaving together at around nine 30, 10 (laughs) o'clock. And we sat in his apartment and just chatted until 12 or oh, 1 when my friend that's came so to pick me up after wow. they were at the club. So oh. I guess we kind of, we kind of stood out like sore thumbs in that way and the fact that we both just didn't want to be there but it was just a social norm to be at the club. Right. Oh, right. it's Friday, let's go out and meet people. Right, I get that. But yeah. we both he looked at me and he he was like you're like not having fun right now, are you? And I was like and then we just, yeah, we just mm. went out. So, so basically, so what's, what's the advice then? For, for okay, sorry. So the advice, you know, the advice. Where can we find, you know, hard work and <laughs> Essentially, focused. what Amir is asking Not right now is, is, is do you know where any of these uh, people would be in Ontario, especially Toronto area? <laughs> 
No, 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 no. No, no. I just want to get the other side of perspective. Like they're not at the club. I'm telling you right now, right? I would say with girls, you have to like look at the things that they value on and it kind of does represent on the outside. Um, like if you look at me as someone like I folk, you can, when you look at me, you can see that I'm not somebody who puts a lot of attention to detail and what I, what I look like. Like I don't spend time on the whole makeup deal because that's just not something I'd put my time to. Instead, I would rather spend my 20 minutes in the morning having my breakfast and having that moment to myself. Oh, that's huge. So you I never thought about yeah. that. And like Instagram, I'm not somebody who's on Instagram because I don't believe in the underlying m- messages that happen on Instagram of just having like the world look at you. I I, I got yeah, off I Instagram understand. about because of that. I just realized that everyone's been on someone's profile and you've liked it by accident. And then you're like, Oh shoot. Like I did that. And yeah. Like, I actually, quickly. it's a weird thing, right? Yeah. I, I think I've talked about this before. I don't think on this podcast, but like, it's weird because Instagram is meant to yeah. look at people's page. But if you yeah. accidentally like an old, like person, someone, uh, yeah. like, isn't so, that what it's for? Like, so when I would reflect on that, I'd be like, well, why, why am I even just looking at this person's page in the first place? Like, um, would you ever download like a an online dating app? No. Why not? Because I I don't know. I've I have never had Oh, actually I did. Okay, I'll tell you the story. I did once in high school. And the first person who popped up was one of my guy friends from high school and I deleted the app instantly. <laughs> I was just like I don't I don't want this. This is not what I what I want to be yeah. on. Would you, would you agree like it's, it's, you find it perhaps unnatural and maybe inauthentic? Yeah, I do. Uh, yeah, I do. Like I, I get why people use it for sure. Like it, if you, so there are successful relationships that come out of those types of apps. I am sure of that. But I, from the, my experience of being a university student, I just hear a lot of the other side of those apps, whereas if you oh, just yeah. kind of get with sure. someone. And I believe also you, it can help if you do know like a mutual person um john has a friend who i set up with my friend but indirectly like i told her about him but they matched on tinder and she said she would have never swiped on his profile unless she knew the name ahead of time so they've actually been dating for a year now too so yeah that's crazy so so let's go back so did I address uh, the question? Yeah, yeah, no, you did. There was okay. actually you gave multiple parts, so you don't really value the uh, the importance of social Vanity. media. Uh, you mm-hmm. really protect your morning rituals because they're ironclad, and you're mm-hmm. very focused on your goals, and you believe in natural, uh, non artificial uh, relationships, which yeah. seems pretty cool. Is there anything else you you would add to perhaps you know the people listening? Um, we're just kind of wondering, uh, you know, like, yeah, maybe a more specific question well, than I can give you my thoughts. Yeah, on. no, no, well, I, no, that's I, fine. I think that, uh, really what I took away from that was meeting people through social media is actually, um, I, I kind of see where you're coming from Trisha. Cause like I, uh, in like, I, I've met a few women over social media. It's just not, you're, you're not it's not that you're trying to pretend to be someone else but it's all very 
both parties expect it, the whole process to be like expedited. And it's just like mm-hmm. they expect the process to be so much more quick for some reason. Mm-hmm. There's this assumption that you can move at a faster pace if you don't meet face to face, which is oh, a weird premise. True. Right? I, maybe that's it. I mean, I don't know. It makes it a little bit more, um, a little bit more impersonal. Maybe I don't know. I, it, 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 like the, the assumption that you meet somebody on Tinder is an interesting thing, right? Because it, it also operates under the assumption that you were just shopping for somebody and then the person you chose was like yeah. maybe in the top five. It's like a, yeah, I don't know. It's just a little, I, I get what you mean. I get what you mean. Okay. So Austin, this is a question for you, man. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So what, what for you and, uh, and Miranda, how does that how did that go about? Would you guys meet? Oh, here's a good story. Uh, <laughs> same components of your story, Trisha, but we actually really enjoyed being at the bar. Uh, the opposite. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was exactly. a party or, or a club? So Miranda and I actually grew up together. We went to like elementary school together. We knew each other since we were like five, six years old. So you had uh, you had mutual friends? Yeah. So I was always a grade above her. We knew each other throughout our whole, like, we grew up in the same small town, right? It was only once I uh, I had moved away to go to CJEP, which if anybody's listening, they're not from Quebec. CJEP is like a school that everybody in Quebec goes to between uh, high school and university. So it's like a two-year school you go to. So I had moved away to go to CJEP at like 16, 17. Then I was there in Montreal, went to, went to um, university in Montreal. And then I was there for a year and it was when I was, so it was my third year living in Montreal away from back home, obviously still knew Miranda, but not at all. Like I would never like, we weren't like talking or anything like that. I just knew who each other were. And then we, I came back home during um, my reading week, my first year, my first year of university reading week. And my friends were still in SAGEP because some of them took a third year or whatever. I can't remember. And so they dragged me out to their uh, CJEP pub night. So it was okay. like a, it was like a big, like big party. Um, and I, you know, big, uh, like, you know, oh, I'm, I'm the, I'm the guy that's in university at the CJEP pub night. So every, you know, people were, I, I was just like, I don't really want to go. These are like a ton of people from my, my hometown that I left. I'm not really down to go. My friends were like, essentially, like, don't be a bitch. Like, come on, let's go. Um, and then I was like, okay, whatever. And then I went and uh, and then met Miranda. Well, met, right? Like, started talking to her. And then, um, yeah, stayed there for hours. And then just kind of started talking and started talking, started talking. And eventually, before we knew it, like, when I moved back home in the summer, um, I was, we were started dating. And then, yeah, four years later, four years in April now, so yeah that's crazy that's it but she eventually like you know uh i started a business and then she started one and it's pretty fun so in in a way we're very like-minded in the sense that we're driven we're definitely not the same person uh but we are very similar in our values where we want to be in the next five to ten years uh we really enjoy spending time with each other we're more of a relationship that really thrives on enjoying each other's company as opposed to having fundamentally similar values so we actually have very different values in a sense that like our work ethic our interests and even sometimes our discipline depending on the domain but um we really just enjoy each other's company so um yeah it's a bit of a different relationship i guess um what's her what's her point of view on instagram uh she's on it a lot i actually roast her for it a lot she's nowhere at the uh 
the 48 hour a week level there, Amber, but she's, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but she's, she's on it much more than I am for sure. Uh, and she just really, she's actually like, when you get to know her, she's very extroverted, but on the surface, she is very introverted. So she really, I think, enjoys social media for the purpose of staying connected with people that she doesn't talk to as much anymore. And so it's not I, very like superficial, right? No, 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 no. Oh, okay, it's not very cool. superficial. It doesn't really, I don't think she really even posts much at all. It's just like, she's always on it for some reason. I, I found that was what I was when I was on social media as well as I wouldn't be posting. I would just be like, scrolling lurking is the yeah lurking and then i didn't like that so that's why i got off of it (laughs) yeah 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 no that's uh that's fair yeah no so um amber what kind of what kind of relationship are you looking to have i guess is my my question none oh oh, oh, no way no way come on next question (laughs) next question no 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 we just answered man you gotta go like what what's what's your deal What, what what are you looking for I'm married to the game. Okay. I chase the bag. Jesus. That's what I do. <laughs> That's what I'll do until no, God no, knows no, when. No, no, no. Wait, um, wait. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so realistically, though, what are you actually looking for? Regardless of whether you're not looking for a girlfriend, what are you actually looking for in a partner? Um, it's a great question. I'll probably say intelligence i mean to me i I need to kind of be intellectually stimulated and if the person i'm with is just kind of a goof then it's like great thanks for the laughs but i got stuff to do so (laughs) um i guess that's a that's a perspective there but i don't know didn't given i haven't really given it much thought to be honest got me got me on the spotlight here trisha do you have any questions for us well, I don't really know you two very yeah. well, so and I'm doing this podcast, but I, um, I see that the is the focus now more like relationships and whatnot. Well, no, I think you kind of brought this like we started picking your brain about relationships, yeah. but uh, but I think that actually relationships is actually one thing that we really don't talk about that much on this podcast. Yeah. Actually, yeah. so totally, this podcast is 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 kind of. We, uh, I think it kind of indirectly is about that because we're kind of interested in the relationship that you have with John. Oh, so yeah, on on that note, for for both Austin and Trisha, both at the same time, if you guys can answer, what do you think are like the the three main values or habits that you guys have within your relationship that allow it to thrive for so long? Right? Oh, could be like so communication. Good. Could be like, what would you put that, Trisha? We'll start with you and see if Austin like agrees or disagrees. Um, yeah, I would, I would say the first thing is communication because it's easy to be resentful towards people and not communicate the reason why. And John and I talk a lot about that a lot is saying, if you don't communicate what you're feeling or what's going on, um, it kind of sabotages the relationship in a way because you don't give the person a chance to respond to the problem that you're having within the relationship. Oh, wow. Great. And we've we've definitely like had some things come up where we just talk there and it's like, Oh, you thought that? Oh, well, I thought you actually thought this It's like, Mm -hmm. Oh, good thing. We talked about this. Mm -hmm. So we know that that's not the case. And like out of 10, like where would you put that in importance? Like, in Oh, I would, I would put that very high, high, high up there for the relationship to succeed is. Yeah. That's awesome. Austin, what are your, what are your thoughts on that answer? I think that's, I think that's true. I also think that like for me, that version, um, 
communication makes sense for, for my relationship. It's mainly about uh, the ability to call each other out and being as invested in your partner's goals as you are and, and as they are, as you are in your own goals. So like kind of on that level, but the only difference I think for my relationship is that um, we're constantly working towards being in a place where we can kind of politely call each other out for being a, a lesser or even a weaker version of ourselves uh, in, oh. in a more light way. Right. So it's like accountability. Well, yeah, accountability, but not necessarily even accountability to a certain um, responsibility or a certain action item. It's really just about being um, the version of yourself that you know can exist in terms of what's possible for the day and for the week, for the month, for the year. Like if we ever catch each other that are on, you know, they're acting in a way that isn't correlated or, or isn't at all reflective of what they could be or the way they could be acting. We kind of just politely call each other out for it um, and have a conversation about it. And because we're as invested in each other as, as we are in ourselves and, that's really a huge thing because it's kind of cool to <clears throat> have this thing where oh, if, if you think about this though, fundamentally, like it's actually very hard because it, it's actually hard not to get offended by something when, when somebody points this out. Right. So when somebody says like, Hey, um, like you're waking up next to your partner, right. And you're like, Hey, you're in a bad mood. Right. And that usually just like the classic, like, uh, conversation between a couple would would most likely lead to some sort of bickering or fight whereas with us i think that more often than not it's just taken as like oh really why do you think that and we're able to kind of pick that apart uh, it sounds a bit robotic in a sense but yeah it, it is valuable because sometimes without even knowing i think trisha you kind of meant to do this is that like you thought something even though your partner thought something else the the, the fact that you're able to just talk about it totally dismisses that assumption the, the hardest part about that is you never actually, because your brain is so assumptive, you never actually know. Sometimes it's actually even hard to realize when you're making the assumption and what assumption you're operating on that could be fundamentally flawed. And so the ability to just kind of communicate about that and, and be like, oh, this person that I trust so much is actually pointing this out about me. It's not insulting. It's not to trigger me. It's just because they care. So, yeah. Oh, that's great. And so that's kind of there to solve problems. Now, I can also imagine, and this is a question for Tricia, that when you have two individuals who are highly disciplined, motivated, and have big goals that also happen to share the same space and kind of go hand in hand, what do you think is the number one challenge of something like that? And how do you approach that? Um, I think uh, being able to be encouraging and supportive of the other person's challenge, regardless of what your dealing with um like especially right now like within our relationship i gave you i can give you a specific example like john's trying to do like grow his business exponentially this year um so i've noticed things that have changed um within our relationship and we just talked about it yesterday and came it came up with a solution but i definitely have to check in with myself and, and note that whatever i'm addressing it's it has to come from the place of like wanting to improve our relationship and help him still reach his goals at the same time. But like, what, what difficulty actually is showing up like in the world? Like, what does that look like? Um, well, we usually have like a routine system after dinner, I'll cook dinner and he'll help me clean up. So since he's had really long nights, like sometimes he comes home late and then he goes to the gym and then he just 
goes to bed. Um, gotcha. But, and then, yeah, so we talked about it. He said, of course, like, I know that if it was up to him, he would do anything he could to help me. But so it, we talked about that and just saying how we're like, okay, maybe let's use the dishwasher more now. And that was like the solution to help him achieve his goals while I'm not like having to do double the work, which I explained Whoa. to him. Yeah. So, so that's it, it. It sounds to me like in a relationship like this, both parties need to know how to deploy empathy yeah. at like can a high de- level. Can you describe a time where you said something to John or John said something to you that, that, that offended the other person? Cause I feel like you guys are just so um, understanding and so like in each other's mind that it's hard, but I just want to like, no, when, there, there are yeah. like when we start, I've like, my mindset has definitely changed a lot. Like since dating John and become closer to his point of views on things, because I do see the rationale and I'm like, Oh yeah, that's actually a great point of view to have. Like, um, not being like being indifferent to things you can't control and et cetera. Right. But when, I remember the first time like we really got into a dispute or like a, like an intellectual argument, I guess was mm-hmm. um, when I, cause I'm in the nursing profession. So a huge characteristic of many people who become nurses is just being really empathetic and caring mm-hmm. about other people. So I was trying to explain my view on death and how I thought it was a sad thing. Mm. And, and he just didn't yeah. see it that way. And it made me really upset that, death to him like i was trying to explain oh what about a death of a child like that's just sad and he was just like well it's only sad if you like make it sad like death itself isn't sad and i was like, yeah so th- a, a, a lot of uh, a lot of literature in philosophy yeah specifically epicurus mm-hmm. touch on death and I've, I've read probably the same things john have read yeah and just because of what we're both exposed to yeah. I kind of share that similar sentiment and I can see how it can land for somebody <laughs> yeah, else. Yeah, in the nursing, like, yeah, because it is like you can deal with multiple people dying in a day, right? Mm-hmm. So it is, can be quite sad. But I think but, like, yeah, how did that conversation end up going? Well, at the time, this was when we recently started dating. So at the time I was just like, okay, like we kind of just walked away from the conversation and agreed that we just didn't mm-hmm. share the same views. Mm-hmm. But now now that I've actually had the experience to work with death in clinical practice, I, I do see it differently. And the death that I was able to be a part of was actually, you could say like a dignified death. Like the patient chose to go through medical assistance in dying. So their entire family was there and ready to say goodbye. And to me, that was almost like, peaceful instead of sad and then from that moment on i was like i saw where he was coming from that death isn't sad it's our it's our what we create death to be yeah it's the, the judgment that we so associate with death for sure for so, sure yeah, yeah but i'm definitely learning to come around i guess with a lot of these full, was it ever at all stress or kind of like was it ever at all um a little bit hard to start to get into that way of like stoic thinking for you or were you already kind of in that in that realm where you were already thinking about how um that correct me if i'm wrong amber is that like a like a stoic thought that death is what you make it Uh, i'm not sure if it's stoic but i do know it, it is something that a lot of the most distinguished philosophers have kind of a shared opinion on 
Yeah. Um, like even in the Islamic philosophy, um, I think it was Averroes who wrote uh, a piece called titled, no, I think it was Al-Farabi. It was titled on, on anxiety and sorrow. And he basically gave advice to the reader on how to handle death. And explain that you have no control over death, and death does not is not mm-hmm. tied to any morality. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. death is not evil; it's not good or bad. Mm-hmm. And usually, it's the lack of preparation of someone uh, under in that circumstance that allows them to grieve. Yeah. Another yeah. philosopher by the name of Montaigne basically says, uh, "Every day, <laughs> it's a, it, this is like on the other end of the spectrum." But he says, "Every day, you have to wake up and remind yourself that people die and that you might die today." Yeah, and that's what both of these philosophers—just two of them out of many, many, many more—who uh, basically say, "Yeah, like death is inevitable. It's the only guarantee. You should not fear it. You should not be sad about it. It's there. Yeah. It's coming. It's yeah. everywhere. Yeah. And if you ignore it, that's when it really hurts. Right? You're yeah. not supposed to ignore it. For so, sure. Okay. Cool. That's like no, a, I, a I get that. And, there. and I just wanted to know, like, for you, Trisha, is is this something that kind of in John's stoic way of thinking, was that something that was hard for you to kind of get at or get around or accept at the, at the, at the like kind of other theories based on that, right? Like, well, you know, death yeah. is sad, but it's really only what you make it. And mm-hmm. that kind of way of thinking is that. Yeah. It definitely um, is surprising at first. It's like, how mm-hmm. can you think that? Like mm-hmm. um, just with, like a few things it's like if something happens in my life sometimes I just want to be sad about it and then he makes a statement well it is what it is and I'm like well I just want to be sad about it because I want to be sad about it It doesn't have to be it is what it is yeah yeah. Yeah, fair play play. (laughs) um but yeah like thinking of it from a logical perspective like it's definitely a very um logical way of thinking and um we both John and I both know that he his mindset's very logically orientated versus emotionally orientated, very high compared to like an average person. Um, right. Yeah, and I would say I've shifted a lot of views to being closer to how he was, and now my friends see me as like how I see John. Yes. How does that feel? Um. Yeah, now I'm the one who my friends disagree with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you're like, that's okay. You can disagree with me. You know? Yeah, like, uh, but they but they were kind of like me, whereas they know that those points are true and they make sense. They just know it's still them. sad like, just yeah. because it's the emotional yeah. side of things, the empathy, the compassion, those sorts of things, which obviously have to be there in those circumstances as well. Right. Okay, yeah. fair enough. And I, I moving on, I kind of, I kind of want to get to, to know you a bit better here. Like, I know you're a nursing student, and that you're in practicum, and and that's your career path. But I honestly want to know, like, what you would consider to be your biggest accomplishment in your life. My biggest accomplishment so far, yeah. So yeah. far, um, just getting to where I am and um, being like a, a top top um gpa like in my program i was i was recommended for like a a gold medal or something last year but coming from a family that i did where my mom was from peru and she was a single mother and she raised my brother and myself and i talked to this a lot with john is the fact that my brother and i had the same we well i see as we had the same opportunities to Uh. do things 
And I ended up going, following through with them and going to university. And even the people that I was growing up around, I'm the only one out of like the seven or eight family friends that we had who actually made it to university. And um, so that's pretty nice because it, it, my biggest accomplishment is like making my mom happy because she sacrificed so much for me and I don't have to worry about my tuition somehow throughout the all, all of that. I don't pay a penny out of my pocket for my tuition because she has put aside money since the day I was born for me to go to school and not have wow. to work. Amazing. So I definitely see school as a privilege and not a right for my, for someone who came wow. from the upbringing that I did. Yeah. And yeah, in my program, um, there's a lot of people who, who just come to school and they like text in class or they're like, I have some friends who watch Netflix during a lecture. You're just like total miss. And it's hard for me to like understand that perspective because yeah. my program is also very competitive and I can think of so many people who would be happy to trade places with them. Yeah. 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 That's really moving. That's uh, I think that thank you for sharing that. Cause I think that really speaks to, unfortunately, a lot of university students. Uh, I've seen a fair amount of students in classes that I've taken, uh, whether it's in advanced classes or not, just totally checked out. And you could totally just pick apart the room in terms of uh, people that are there on their... Well, I, I usually say they're on their parents' dollar. Usually that's actually, I find correlated with people not trying as hard. I always paid my own way through university and I thought that was a good motive. But when you frame it that way in terms of your mother putting aside that money for you coming from a more difficult upbringing, you can totally see how it's reframed to even more so motivate you because you know, it's a privilege, not a right. Mm-hmm. Um, but for a lot of people, they just think it's a right and they totally don't use that to their advantage. So I think that's huge. I think, I, I think that work ethic isn't only just present in university in your way of studying, right? Like I'm sure that that translates into, you know, living a healthy lifestyle, being yeah. the best version of yourself you can. So I've, yeah, I think it does. I think that's why John and I clicked so well because we both had similar like, yes. upbringings. He also was with a single mother and we kind of just, that was the first conversation we had. No and way. it was funny because I was spilling all like my life story, like really personal information with John because I thought I would never see him again. So I was, uh, and he was, he related to me. So I was like, okay, I'll just like say all these things. And he was like, me too. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I thought that was it. So I was like, okay, nice to meet you. And then that's amazing. Yeah. Um, that's great. Um, I just wanted to, to know like that. Well, first of all, thanks for sharing that. Cause that's actually huge. You can see how that's like a global thing with a lot of things that you're doing in your life. Um, I just wanted to know kind of, if you were to say like, what's your biggest, uh, what's your biggest fear in your life of happening? My biggest fear in my life. Yeah. I'm just trying to pick you apart here. At peace. Yeah. <laughs> That's something I haven't. Well, like, I don't know because you're so well put together. Right. So I'm trying to like break in here a bit. What, what, what is, what is this? What is the thing that terrifies you? Because I, I don't believe that, um, I mean, I believe that you and John have a amazing relationship and quite a large potential in in your life. I just, at the same time, also want to make you guys seem a little bit more human, if that makes sense. Yeah. 
yeah um my biggest fear is just i guess being a name like it goes back to my mom like right now because like, that's the first thing that comes to my mind mm-hmm. i'm sure if i thought about it for longer i could probably pinpoint something to, about me but this that does affect me a lot is just being unable like unable to take care of my mother because she's sacrificed everything for me and crazy um yeah and it, it would just kill me if i couldn't yeah make her yeah, have so- a good retirement or just give her ease like she's still working kind of depending on me now like okay when you finish school i'm going to re- retire yeah so that's amazing oh, that's great i yeah. uh do you do you read as much as John too? Um, I don't read a lot of um, his books, but I'll show you why. This is one of my four textbooks that I have. No, amazing. So amazing. That's what I have to read. I, unfortunately, I don't have a lot of time to take on leisure reading because I'm just swamped all yeah. the time. Yeah, reading from school. But in the summertime, I do like. To Wait, how many pages is that book? Like two thousand. Um, no, I think it's yeah, it's about two thousand, <laughs> and I have like multiple of these that's texts. Insane. This one's only about medical surgical nursing, and that's it. Amazing! Wow, amazing! Like so, a- when's that big nursing exam? How far into this program are you? Um, the NCLEX you take once you graduate, and it's solely up to you on to when you take it so where what 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 stage of the program are you in um i'm in my third year i'm just finishing up my last medical surgical rotation and then i have one more year to go okay great cool yeah so i'm almost there that's crazy um what do you uh, like one of the questions we always ask our, our guests on here is what they think the strongest mindset is made up of it could be one or many things. It's up to you, but I just kind of want you to think about that. Like um, you seem to have a great relationship and a great, uh, like essentially it's not that you're, um, like the people that we have on this podcast, usually their mindset cor- uh, correlates with their, uh, uniqueness of the career path or like, you know, we've had um, like an MMA fighter on, we've had people that have started businesses for nothing on, we've had a uh, sports marketer on, we've had uh, freak athletes on. We just like real estate moguls. Yeah. Real estate moguls. You seem to have like this amazing mindset that is shared amongst those people, but are using it for like an extremely good work ethic as a student, something, somebody that's obsessed with something and also just kind of having like a very, like you have a very calming presence right like you seem like you have no real concerns or worries right like is that something like am i am i making that up or am i Uh, reading that wrong uh yeah yeah i would say so for sure (laughs) okay so you do have fears of course like worries just like like I guess it relates back to school just the stress like i think that's something i could personally work on is handling stress right as a student just, right yeah how do you deal with this like this big exam you're going to take it's pretty much about wait, wait, four I, I want to i want to know the answer what do you think is the most powerful character yeah, trait? Sorry, yeah, yeah. what's um, what do i like think the is most, the most uh, powerful what makes up the most the, the strongest mindset the most powerful mindset the most powerful mindset um i 
do think adversity does because I don't think people change their beings until they face adversity and realize that they have to. Mm. Like if you, um, most of the time, like being in healthcare, for example, we have a lot of patients who are smoking cigarettes. They only make the drastic change to help them lead a better life once they have lung cancer. Right. So I think if you have like certain practices that you do in your life and you're comfortable, you won't change your mindset because you're comfortable with where you being where you are sorry but yeah. it's once you're uncomfortable and you're forced to change that you will make l- last so are you saying changes. it's better to be able to have a sense of what it's like to be uncomfortable before you get there in real in, in reality i think so because i think we create th- yeah i think we do create a comfort for ourselves so that- so a really high sense of delayed gratification right like I'm not going to smoke this cigarette now to be able to live a healthier life in, in, in every other domain. I'm not going to spend this dollar now so that I can invest it and save it. I'm not going to um, eat this right now because I want to live a healthier lifestyle. So yeah, I, I totally get that. So having the ability to not, to not discount, to not, or to just have a, a good sense of delay gratification. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. Yeah. Um, um, and I just kind of, I don't, I don't know. I, I find this, uh, <laughs> kind of just what I was expecting, actually, you to just come up with all the answers. Um, but I think that, uh, I, I don't know. I feel like you're, you're coming across as somebody that is very well put together and somebody that John, obviously, like if if you were to say, "Hey, Austin, describe what Trisha is going to be like on this podcast," based at, based off of just knowing John, I think I could have, I think, <laughs> in a really good way, could have could have kind of answered uh, a, a lot of this because I can totally see how this works hand in hand. Um, do you, are you uh, are you into sports at all or anything, or do you like are you just really into like essentially the hobbies? Like, what are you actually doing yeah. outside of studying? Um, so yeah, the fitness is huge for me. I really am trying to grow muscle right now. I'm a small individual. So, um, focusing on all the things that help me do that. I always played sports as a kid. Um, so it's just natural that I continue to want to be physically active now that I'm out of school. I would spend, I'd say any spare hours that I have, I'm going to the gym. Um, yeah, like when I was a, a young child, I would play ice hockey i would play soccer ice hockey i would be involved in five different dance classes all at the same time peruvian polish canadian ice hockey player yeah i like that yeah so definitely being physically active is something that was always a part of my life and so like i said naturally i just kind of progressed that into adulthood yeah for sure and i just kind of wanted to to finish off here with um What's, what's like the favorite thing you have about your career? Like the favorite part about you working so hard to becoming a nurse? Is it, is it specifically surgical, ner- surgical nursing? Um, no. Well, that's what I'm in right now. But okay. There's a lot of fields. I do believe surgical nursing is where I'll start off and then I do want to become a teacher. Okay, cool. Uh, clinical instructor teacher. Um, but being a nurse, um, I think it's really... 
I would say like really like important part of it is the fact that we get to impact people's lives and they're yeah. in the hospital, sometimes the most vulnerable states mm-hmm. and just being able to have that connection with somebody at that state that they're in and see them progress mm-hmm. through their condition and get better and then eventually go home. If that's the case, like it's pretty cool to have sure that. <laughs> yeah, of course. That's amazing. Um, personal relationships. Yeah. I, I would yeah it's, funny, it's like, it's one of the few industries where you don't want your clients there. <laughs> get out of here. Yeah. 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 Like, get out of here. Yeah. Go, good. go back to home. Go home. Go live. <laughs> so, so Trisha, um, what, and for a business podcast like this, um, what would you like to see in terms of our next uh, female guest? What would I like to see? Because yeah. we know you're such an avid listener. So we know that you have like a ton of feedback and all that stuff. <laughs> no, like what, what do you, like, yeah, who do you want to see on next? Who's somebody that you'd like to see on? Or like what character um, traits or what industry or anything? Female it, specifically. It would be uh, really interesting to... I guess here, like, do you, have you had a female entrepreneur on before? Not yet. It's common. I think, yeah, I think that would or, be interesting to see because I find like entrepreneurs have been very, like, very strong mindset as well. For sure. They kind For of sure. grow a business out of, out of like nothing at times. And I find that job, like being an entrepreneur is something that is challenging to see. Like I could never see myself doing that. Just because I, I like, for various reasons, I just don't think I would fit that job description or the what you do in that field of work. So I think it'd be interesting to see how that person. Like, I I, I kind of kindly disagree with you though, because I, I would actually say that yeah. <laughs> you're experiencing personality traits, character traits that like reflect the hardest part about being a business mm-hmm. owner or entrepreneur. So. I mean, if you were to think of the hardest parts of starting a business in terms of what needs to take place in order for it to get off the ground, usually it's actually completely um, residing in the individual, how much they actually believe in the idea, how much, how motivated they are, how much time they put in, how efficient they are. That sounds like things that you already have pretty much dialed in. I, I, I get that you think like, hey, I'm a nursing student. I don't think I could translate these skills to a business, but I think if you understand that like the skills you have are directly translatable into a model of business, right? Like if you were forced to step into a position that you were managing people, managing expectations and providing value, that's already what you do in a hospital at a very successful rate. Right. If you think about it that way, I'm just, I'm just trying to make you think a bit differently to kind of, Maybe yeah. possibly dismiss the label of "Hey, I don't think I would do well in business." Right. I I don't think that. I I, I kindly disagree. I could see you running a hospital. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can see myself running a hospital too. There you, do you go. Like, Boom. You- <laughs> <laughs> we got her. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Awesome. Well, you, thank I, thank you, you so ever, much. Well, have you ever managed people? Selling the hospital. Sorry. Have you ever managed people? Um. Yes, I have. I've been a host leader. At, I was working Thank at Cactus Club. Thank you very much. And I've also been point. a wellness team leader when I worked at a summer camp. I was the in charge so of all the first aid. Did you like that or did you have the pay? Like, 
I, that's what I'm curious to know. That's kind of the one thing we haven't spoken about. How do you like managing people? Mm-hmm. Um, I like seeing people succeed. So that's okay. why I think I want to be a teacher because you manage people, right. but you right. want them to succeed. And then when they have that growth, it's pretty like rewarding. Yeah, that's sure. crazy. Well, you can teach junior nurses to be extremely efficient and that will directly correlate to success of your hospital all of your graduating classes yeah. are going to be stoic which yeah and instead of being a teacher who's making like 60 grand you can make like literally 60 million and yeah. while you're just running hospitals so exactly well thanks so much for coming on today yeah. trisha it was a pleasure having you on and uh yeah, yeah you and you awesome. and john you and john uh sound like you have a great relationship and um Thanks so much for opening up and sharing with us about, you know, the ins and outs of it and, and your beliefs and, and your values and what kind of strengths you have, weaknesses and, 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 you know, setting some expectations about, you know, where guys like Ammer can, can find. Oh my uh, God. Don't <laughs> even finish that sentence. I swear to God. Okay. No, no, I'm this episode. <laughs> I love you. Okay. All right. Thanks so much, Trisha. Thanks. Good night. Bye. Hey listeners, thanks so much for tuning in this week. As usual, you can find us on Instagram at the weekly call pod or through email at the weekly call pod at gmail.com for any questions or comments about any of our material and just to kind of pick our brain or even challenge us on a few things we said today. The intro and outro music was brought to you today by William Scott Thompson. You can find him on Spotify under that name. He has a lot of other great material on there that you can go listen to as well. Thanks so much for tuning in this week, guys. We'll see you soon.